This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to Science Notes again for another week. My name's Dave McMorrin and this week our guest is Anya Kardilski. Hi, Anya. Hi. Anya is doing a PhD in anatomy at Otago University, mm-hmm. um, but not anatomy in the way that you might think. She's not cutting up dead things um, as much as she's studying, hopefully, lots of living things. It's kind of the point, isn't mm-hmm. it? So we're going to be talking a bit about what uh, she's been up to, but we will start, as we do, with the first bit of music that she's brought along, and that is... Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Um, well, hang on. I'm doing a master's, not a PhD. Are you doing a master's? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> I apologise. Okay. doing. A, Anya's doing a master's in anatomy <laughs> at Otaki University. Yeah. Um, we had that right. Well, master's in zoology and anatomy. Oh, is it both? Yeah. I see. <laughs> Clever. All right. Yeah. The piece of music. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, If I Had a Tail. Okay. Let's do that. I'll stop talking. Yeah. 
You listen to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, where we are talking with Anya Kardilski, who's doing a master's, we've now worked out, in anatomy and zoology. Um, but your primary supervisor is in anatomy. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is kind of, to my reading at least, more like a zoology thing than an anatomy thing. Yeah. Um, but as we were just saying during the music, um, you're, the person you're work, the group that you're working in anatomy really isn't a traditional anatomy group as such. Mm-hmm. So tell us, what is it that the, the group does? Um, so Neil Gemmel runs the lab group, and there's a lot of things that are happening in the lab group right now, very exciting things. A um, bit of CRISPR, uh, CRISPR-Cas uh, stuff, but mostly looking at environmental DNA and seeing applying it to mostly biomonitoring stuff marine and freshwater and there's even a little bit of gene drive research happening soonish so yeah it's a it's a cool lab group to be a part of lots of interesting stuff so there's lots there we'll try and unpack a little bit of that i think as we Mm go um but you said that you're about biomonitoring so so that the 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 notes that you sent me Mm -hmm. um, suggest that your fundamentally your research is interested in the health of rivers yeah so so tell us about how we currently determine the health of rivers because i think most people in new zealand who are listening to this will be aware that that's a topic of interest these days um and then we can get into what you're doing that might be just a bit different to that Mm -hmm. well um The way we monitor rivers right now, there's the normal chemical monitoring where you can just see how much. um, Measure the pH. Like measure the pH. Like like all the kids do at school these days. Yeah, but that doesn't really give a very good long-term measurement of the river health because that can change within minutes. Um, So the best way that we have right now of monitoring freshwater health is through kick net sampling where you put a net upstream, oh, wait, sorry, downstream in the river, kick upstream of it so that it collects all of the bugs or macroinvertebrates. Oh, the ones that are living in the sort of the dirt on the yeah. riverbed. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, and then take those bugs, put them under a microscope, have specialists who know how to identify the species of these bugs, um, have a look at them and count them and determine the health of the freshwater stream based on the insects that are present there because not some insects can't live in dirty water of course so it's a better long-term measure a better measurement of long-term health right um but and that takes months well because presumably the the if you want accurate data, like anything, mm-hmm. any experiment, the the result, the better the result is, the better the data, and the more data you put in. Mm-hmm. But in this case, the more data you put in, the longer the whole thing becomes. Yeah. Someone's so, walking, spending days and days and days looking at bugs under a microscope. Months and months and months, really. Uh, so It's a job, I suppose. This <laughs> means that only the major rivers in New Zealand can be monitored in right. this way once a year, yep. really. Um, but it is the best that we've got right now. But as we know, the rivers in New Zealand by and large aren't in great shape mm-hmm. and you want to be able to more actively measure what's going on in more than just the big rivers and presumably more than once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is where your research comes in. Yeah, exactly. So um, my research is trying to take the same sort of kick net sample, collecting all of those bugs, and instead of 
trying to identify the species visually, we would mash them all up, extract the DNA, um, and then based on the DNA, we could identify the species. Um, So every every different bug has a subtly different DNA sequence. Yes. And so you're trying to go into the milkshake of bugs that you would make Mm -hmm. and see how much of each different type there is. Yep. Right. Exactly. Well, how much is the hard part? Because the way we can do this now, it's called metabarcoding. Um, So we would use universal primers, which are like primers that bind to a barcode, which every single species has like the same sort of gene, which has subtle differences. But the universal primer can bind to that gene and extract it out, and we can amplify that. And once we've got that sequenced, we can look at that sequence and the subtle differences in the sequence between the different species and identify them that way. But we can't get abundance measures from that because the universal primers bind to different species better than others. So there's a bias there. So so the initially the primer then is going in to pull out um, all of the it, – it, it, it goes out and finds a particular gene, mm-hmm. say the gene to tell the bug to grow wings yep. or whatever, that all of the different bugs have. Mm-hmm. And so you can separate out all those bits of DNA mm-hmm. and then you can look at to – to see, um, look for differences between those different bits. So you have to gr- you have to grow more of the DNA. That's the amplifying yeah. part. So because you have to have enough to actually look at it. Yeah. And then you can go in using other um, techniques to work out the differences between those ones that you've pulled out. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that sounds like it could be hard. Yeah. But then this sort of technology has come on so amazingly quickly yeah, in the exactly. last 10, 15 years that the hard part is not having a very good reference sequence. Um, So a lot of the insects in New Zealand haven't been sequenced before at all. So if we don't have that reference sequence to identify the bugs, we can't identify them. Then you don't know what you're looking for. Um, So is that work that's ongoing in other other labs um, around the place? Yeah, my supervisor, Edie Dow, she is part of a group that's... um, working on developing that database right. of all New Zealand insects. Um, my project is small compared to that. I'm just mm. looking at seven species. Uh, but, yeah, creating that reference is difficult. But once that's there, it's a fairly straightforward thing. You can just throw the sequences into um, a pipeline and it tells you what species are there. Right. Yeah. Is this something that's being done already in other places? Um, yeah, there's a lot of the this sort of research happening, um, and a few countries have sort of started looking into having it as their as complementing their monitoring methods. Right. Because I suppose initially what you have to do is you still have to do the traditional thing mm-hmm. to check that the results that you're getting yeah. match up. Yeah. But then you said um, earlier that the part of the problem is is that the primers, the thing that goes in to pull out these particular bits of DNA that you can then analyse, they don't always bind to the bits of DNA in the same way mm-hmm. from bug to bug to bug. Yeah. 
So what's the solution to that? Do you just work out what the difference is and account for that in the analysis or do we make the primers better? Well, you, you can use lots of different primers, but again, it will be the same sort of issue. Um, and it's kind of difficult to account for that. But with my project, we're trying to see if we can use CRISPR-Cas enrichment instead. Right. So what? So so CRISPR-Cas, mm-hmm. people won Nobel Prizes for CRISPR-Cas not that long ago. Yeah. It's changing the world in ways that most of us probably don't even remotely understand. Um, in 30 seconds, what is CRISPR-Cas? <laughs> <laughs> so CRISPR-Cas is a bacterial immune system, pretty much. Um, the, CAS ar- the CRISPR array keeps different pieces of DNA of viruses and other things that the bacteria has encountered and it keeps them in a CRISPR array and the Cas enzyme is cuts takes those bits of DNA in the CRISPR array and when it identifies another virus that has the same piece of DNA it cuts it so it cuts the DNA very specifically based on the piece of DNA that it's already encountered before right um with my project, we're taking just the CAS enzyme and using that to, with a piece of DNA, uh, it's called a, a guide RNA, um, which can bind to pretty much any part of the genome as long as there's a PAM sequence um, right beside it. And it can cut really specifically down to the single base pair. and Using that, we can use the guide RNAs that are specific for every single species, and that should mean that there shouldn't be any bias for one species more than the other because we've got a primer or like a guide RNA for every single species. So, yeah, right. it should hopefully fix that problem. But, and it has been seen to work, sort of in clinical samples but there hasn't there's only been like maybe three papers that have come out on using uh, CAS enrichment which is sort of my right. my method um, in environmental samples like but this of course is the point things. is to try the yeah. new things yeah and if they work that's a bonus but mm-hmm. we try the new things yeah exactly and then you also said um, in the notes that you sent that um, and this is the stuff that your group is, is perhaps, well, to, to me at least, your group is, is most well known for, mm-hmm. is is this idea of doing eDNA. Mm-hmm. Of, of, because, of course, it's fine as a way of sampling, but you're still putting, you're not putting the bugs back in the river afterwards. No. <laughs> so hoping there's lots of bugs and that doesn't matter. But this eDNA thing would stop you having to take the bugs at all, wouldn't it? Yeah. So tell us about this. So environmental DNA uh, or eDNA uh, is pretty much sampling either water or soil or even air and collecting all of the fragments of DNA like fish scales and you know wings everything and wings and everything whatever else falls off um, anything in the environment so you would use filters or something to collect thing all of the DNA into a more concentrated form and from this we can detect anything that's been living in that environment uh, which is pretty cool we've been able to detect possum DNA from water samples Mm. from like being um, 
around the river and that sort of thing. And we could even be able to detect invasive species before we even realize that they're there. Um, so it's it's a really <coughs> cool, exciting technology if we can get it to work yeah. consistently. Because, <laughs> of course, again, what you need is you need the reference, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you need yeah. to know what, what to look for. Yeah. You need to say, okay, here's a bug, and this bug living its life will have these bits of DNA fall off it somehow mm-hmm. into the water, and then if you go and find those, you can say, okay, that means that it's this bug. So there's a lot of background work that has to be done mm-hmm. for it to be actually be usable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's better for the bugs. Yeah, for sure. Because um, even season seasonally, the amount of bugs for each species is different and they're shedding skin and whatever else. Yeah, and yeah. And I suppose too, would it depend that the, the, the DNA that's being released from them mm-hmm will depend a bit on where they are in their life cycle. Yeah. So there's all of that you'd have Definitely. to take into account as yeah. well. So So it's it's a lot to take into account if you were just wanting to use environmental DNA by itself. That's why it'll be kind of cool if we can get well, we're calling my sort of sampling type, the kicknet sampling, bulk eDNA. Mm. Because it's sure. still collected in the environment um, yeah. but they're whole organisms yep. so we don't have the issue of environmental DNA which is fragmented and degrades quicker um, and using the same sort of samples if we can get the CRISPR enrichment to work we would be able to perhaps seamlessly transition to the a lab based biomonitoring technique yeah. Um and still use the same, um, still have those years of reference hmm. of what's been going on before. Yeah, it's just the stuff that you put in. Yeah, is is better. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same sample. Yeah, and if we can get the exact same result from it, hmm. just a lot faster. That is the ideal goal. Sounds cool. Hmm. Very good. Well, we're getting close to being out of time. <laughs> um, so now that we've we, now that we've ascertained that you're doing a masters, yes, um, and you're in the second year of the masters, yeah. Um, so you've got analysis and writing to look forward to soon. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, well, PhD is on the cards, possibly. Um, really, I would like to find a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> start making a dent into the student loan. <laughs> <laughs> But it, but you'd like to stay in the same yeah, sort of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, this really interests me. I'm, I've always been interested in conservation and, like, I feel like there's a lot of genomic lab-based techniques that could be applied um, to conservation and things that have that you just need to have a closer look at. Like with this CRISPR enrichment, it's only been used in clinical analysis before, yep. so... Um, and it has a lot of promising applications. Excellent. Mm. Well, all the best for the rest of the Masters and for whatever is next. Mm, thank and thank you. you for coming along and telling us what you've been up to. Mm, thanks. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Um, I can just remind you that you can listen to the show again next week at the same time and then at your leisure as a podcast from the Otago Access Radio website, which is www.oar.org.nz. We will finish with Anya's second piece of music, which is... Uh, Creature by a band called Half Alive. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone.
that I am not afraid To walk inside the void like a kid inside a cave Discovering the patterns of my soul and where it's placed I've been mapping many caverns but it still feels like a maze I know I'm made of clay that's worn Blinded by imperfect form Yet I will trust the artist Find a perilous ravine Carved within the beauty The darkness in between Standing in the balance of complete and incomplete I identify the echo of what is and what will be Science Notes, a program on Otago Access Radio, 
brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.